Acts chapter 3. Having children has, oh, having children. It's brought up to me the reality of how bad and how difficult some people have it in this life and how blessed I am. There's a sense of innocence with my children. I told somebody this maybe last week that I love, but it makes me sad because I drive down the street and I see the people, the less fortunate, see those out on drugs or trouble with the law or whatever else, and I think that could be me. But now, praying, Lord, don't let that ever be my children. Protect them and have your hand around them and let me be an example to them. I want them to see me and me be an example. And I believe what that can be boiled down to, and in my study this week, is our willingness to share our wealth with our children. And I'm not going to say that by teaching your children about the Lord, taking them to church, seeing them be saved. I don't want to say there's not still going to have a difficult life. But if you can, as a parent, maybe as a spouse, think about the person you love the most, your spouse and your children, probably on the top of your list. And when you have the ability to give them and share with them something that could change their lives, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? Acts 3, verse 1, that didn't have much to do with what I'm going to preach about, but I just had it on my heart. Acts 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your greatness. We thank you for the service we had this morning. We thank you for these people. God, I pray that you would touch us today, uh, this evening. I pray that you would be with those that are unable to make it tonight, Lord, uh, those that are sick and afflicted and facing many different circumstances in this life. God, I pray that you just have your hands on them, have your will in your way. I pray that you would touch us, God, for but a moment, if we could just break this bread of life and gather together, God, and feed at your table. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Peter says to him there in verse 6, he says, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. My thought tonight about sharing our wealth, we have a uh, tremendous wealth in Christ. 
I mean, just we, we're bubbling over uh, with wealth through Christ. And uh, you can have nothing of a physical mean, um, but be extremely rich and wealthy because of who Christ is in you. And uh, I have a little story to share about that. I, I didn't actually have it prepared, but I feel led to, to share it with you, so I'm going to pull it up. And uh, give me just a second. I'm sorry. I took this out of the message, but, uh, but I'm gonna, I'm, I got it on my heart, so I'm just going to share it with you. I uh, was listening to the me- a message by a man that I really enjoy listening to the other day, and uh, he tells a story. He said, years ago, there was a southern plantation owner. He was being driven through one of his great plantations when he saw one of his workers, a man of African descent named Moses. He had his head bowed in prayer, and as the wealthy plantation owner asked his chauffeur to stop the car, he got out and he said to Moses, What are you praying about? Then Moses held up a piece of cornbread and said, Master, I'm thanking God for my food. The man laughed and mocked Moses for his prayers and for his prayers. And as the plantation owner was getting into his car, Moses said, Sir, I had a dream last night that this evening, sometime before midnight, the richest man in this valley will die. The plantation owner was somewhat unsettled by what he had just heard. And when he got home, he told his wife, and then they called the family doctor, who was also a good friend. They asked the doctor to come out for dinner, and afterwards the plantation owner asked the doctor to stay around with him for a little while. They played cards and talked one with another. But as the time came to 11 and finally half past 12, the doctor said, Sir, I must go home now. The plantation owner told him, I'm sorry to have kept you. It is just that one of the workers said something today that was very unsettling. He said tonight that the richest man in the valley would die, and I was very afraid. With that, the doctor put on his coat. The plantation owner escorted him to the door, and just as he opened the door, there was another worker on the other side of the door that was just about to knock. He said, sir, I thought you would like to know that tonight Moses died just before he went to bed. You see, Moses was the richest man in the valley. And thinking about Peter standing here before this crippled man, he says, I don't have anything of an earthly nature that I can give, but man, I can point you to somebody that has the greatest riches untold. We can't even number all the things that, 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 that God has. I can't number the, I can't put a number, I can't value all the amazing things that I have and the wealth that I have through God. So I would tell you tonight that it's very important that we share our wealth. Why would we share our wealth with this world? First, think about the people that are in pain and poverty in the world. Acts 3, back to verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. We were seeing, we're seeing here a transition into the New Testament church age. They're still going to the temple and praying. After uh, they're, they're Christians, and they're going to the Jewish temple still and praying. And we see that that, uh, that doesn't last very long. But they're going up to the temple to pray. And so these, these men now in the Jewish society, and this time it was considered a good thing to give alms and to help the poor and to bless the poor. 
But you go back into ancient Jewish history, it was, a, it was an abomination to be born uh, like this man that was lame and crippled. And so uh, he, he first, we see, was physically crippled. Verse 2, And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. And so this man, he was physically crippled. There, there, there was a, uh, he was lame in his feet and his ankles, and he wasn't able to walk. So he has a, he's, po- he's in poverty, and he can't help it. He can't physically get up and go work. And oftentimes you'll find people like that, they would love the chance to go to your job one day. We should appreciate what God has blessed us with on this earth because there are people that can't go and do uh, what we take for granted each and every day. Well, I hate my job. You've never, you've never worked at my job. I've had a few doozies. I understand. It, it gets old. Things get old. But people, man, they, they really, really, this man, I think it was a mental pain and a mental poverty that he was in. He didn't feel adequate. He didn't, people had to carry him and lay him at the gate. And they laid him at the gate because even the world knows where to go and get alms. They're not going to go lay him at the edge of the at the, the corner of the stairs to the bar. They're not going to do that because somebody's walking in those doors to spend money. They're not going to go lay them at the foot of the stairs at the local brothel. No, men are walking in there to spend their money. They're not going to put his feet at the tax collector's office. They're not going to lay him down there. Men are going in there to give their money. They don't have any left to give, but at the church house, at the temple, someone would give. He's physically crippled. He had to beg for food and beg for money to live, and he was carried there each and every day. You said he was in pain, preacher. Yes, he was in pain because I believe mentally, what a life to live. What a life to live. It's just pitiful to be laid there every day and you watch people go in and out, and some talk to you, some won't, some won't even look at you. I'd say, uh, especially um, around a church, sometimes people look away like they didn't see. You ever, you ever been around anybody from your past, and you see them, and you're like, oh, there's old so-and-so, and they're looking. They don't, they don't want to make eye contact. I've seen a few old girlfriends like that. Shelby's like, like, I'm in the car. She said she'd kill me if she ever sees me again. But all jokes aside, you ever been around that? Does that not happen at church sometimes? We see people and, ah, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with, don't act like it don't happen at Mountain View Baptist Church. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. Hey, it's human nature. I like what Peter does, we'll read here in just a moment. But this man, he was physically crippled and then he was strategically carried. He was strategically carried. On down in verse 3 and 4 where it says, Who's seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple and asked alms? And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. They strategically carried him there because where else are you going to get help in this world? Go to the church house. And he was intently called on. Peter says to him, Look on us. Verse 5, and he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. There was an intention behind being laid at the gate. 
He intended to receive something. But you know what this man was intending to receive? He was intending to receive alms. He was uh, intending to receive blessings. He was intending to receive a little bit of gold. Peter says, look on us. Then down to verse 6, Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. I've already given away everything I had to the cause of Christ. And when we got anything else, we gave it back for the furtherance of the cause of Christ. So I don't have a lot to give you today, brother, but uh, of an earthly nature, but I can promise you, such as I have give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. People in this world, they're in pain and in poverty. And I'm going to tell you today that possessions of this world are not going to provide. He could have given them every, every dime he had, and it's not going to do anything of him, for him as of an eternal sense. We get caught up on money, money, money. Well, I've given this or I've given that. Like I've told you before, I believe people think that they'll stand before God and they'll pull the checkbook out. How much you need, Jesus? means nothing to him. Peter could have rolled out every, every dime. Hold on, let me run to the bank. I'm a rich man. I'll pull out everything I got, give it to him. And of an eternal sense, benefit nothing. But he says, what I do have, what I do have, I've got Jesus. And I'm going to share him with you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Possessions are not going to provide. I may not be able to offer you wealth of this world, but I can offer you you my Savior. Now we know today, those miracles, those days, they've ended. They've ended. But when we see a world in need and an expecting world, that's the thing this man was expecting. When we have an an expecting world and a world in need and a world in pain and a world in poverty, I can't heal people. I know a God that can if he wants to. I can't physically do it. I can't, uh, I'm not uh, gifted with this ability. But I can point people to Jesus. And they're looking. And they're wanting. And they're waiting. And they might be expecting some money. But you hang around Christian people long enough, you might, Lord might get a hold of you. And that's what happened. That's what happened. It's just simple stuff tonight. But it's beautiful because in verse 6, Uh, The end of verse 6, he says, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Verse 7, And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Doctors can't can't even imagine this. This is why some medical doctors can't get saved. It's because I don't understand how this happened. It takes, uh, this man's been crippled his whole life. It would take years and years and years of the most technology and the most money and the most this and the most that to be able to even get close to putting this guy's bones together. But I believe that we serve a Savior that he, he instantly healed this man. I believe that when God got a hold of him through Peter, uh, God got a hold of him and those bones, they, they cinched right together. We've got to believe that. We look over these miracles because it's hard to believe. But I believe the moment he touched him, the moment he spoke the name of Jesus Christ, the power came down and those bones came right together. This man, he was in pain. He felt worthless, I believe. He was laying there feeling worthless. He might have felt sorry for himself. I don't know. I would have felt sorry for myself having to, to live that kind of life. But man, in, in just a moment, those bones came right together. Those bones came right together. Don't give up on people just because it looks like that they're not able. 
God wants to touch them too. God knows. God created those people. We look at people, well, they can't do this, they can't do that. It's because I've limited my mind to what God can do. It's because I've limited my faith to what God can do. Amen, Allah. Thank you. This man, he experienced instant healing. Instant. It's another thing about the miracles of God. We look over them because they're hard to believe sometimes. And we look over them because we can't imagine them instantly happening. We think, well, Peter got him up and he's, well, we've got, a, we've got a clinic for Christians. We're going to take you there and they're going to put you through physical therapy. And in about six months, you should be able to walk. The best Christian doctors, we know that's not how it worked. The great physician came down and he, man, stands up, never walked in his life. Instant healing. Verse 8, man, this old boy, he didn't wait long. And it says, and he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. This man experienced instant healing, and then he experienced instant happiness. God just, hey, he gives me the ability to walk. He heals these old feet that won't work. I'm going to thank God. He leaped. He jumped. I'm going to use these feet that God just gave me. And then what does it say? He went into the temple with them. Some people come to church and, oh, well, I got saved, and then you never see them again for six months. And I realize there's life circumstances. There's some people that work and everything. I understand that. But I'm talking about people that could be in the church house. They come and get miraculously saved and you don't see them until Christmas. What did you get? I'm telling you what, Jesus gets a hold of you. You might, might want to get around his people. This old man, he's like, hey, let's go. I've laid at the foot of this temple. I've heard the prayers. I've had people give me the money that walk into this church. I've heard the services. I've heard the preaching. But I, now, hey, I can walk in there with you. I can fellowship with you. And I'm going to because I'm thankful that God instantly healed me. And, hey, I'm going to use these feet he just gave me. We should use that. When God heals something in our life, we should use it. You think, well... What's anybody going to get from my battle with alcohol? What's anybody going to get from my battle with, uh, through my divorce? What's anybody going to get with my difficulties with my children, difficulties with my family? Use it. God reached down and he touched you and he's helped you and he's saved you out of all kinds of mess in this world. Go and tell people about it. Amen. Praise God because it's still a miracle that he drug me out of the hole that I was in. Amen. Use it with happiness. He used it with happiness, and it was instant. He wasn't, well, I know my feet work, but I'm a little skeptical. No. God heals you like that. You're not going to be skeptical. That's like I've said, we're mountain people. We, we, we're, we're guilty of lucky. We can't help it. We can't help it. It's just how mountain people is, and that's all right. But I grew up hearing that. Hey, you lucky, lucky, lucky. No. You see something happen on the road, a, a tragic uh, accident or something, and somebody survive. Man, I don't know what happened, but I'm lucky. <laughs> no. Christian people, I'm lucky. No, it was God. It was God. You just got to realize that, hey, I know it, it wasn't... Like this, this miracle, it wasn't as big as that miracle in the Bible. 
It wasn't as, 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 as big as blindness being restored. It wasn't as big as being able to walk. It wasn't as big as Jesus healing leprosy. But when he touches your life from on high, when he reaches down that hand, changes the course of your life and protects you, we ought to be thankful instantly. Instantly. Instant happiness. Verse 9. And the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement that which had happened unto, unto him. This man, he had instant healing and instant happiness and he had instant holiness too. Through the work that Jesus did in his life, people saw that. The gospel of Christ spread through this man. Not because of him. They knew who he was. God, God could have very well allowed him to be crippled and lay there his whole life to reach one person that would see him run away that day. Isn't that amazing that God can do that? Isn't it amazing that God will do that? That's the part of this instant change. Instant healing, instant happiness, and instant holiness. What is he doing? People saw him walking. There's old, there's, I don't know what his name was, but there's old Jim Bob. Laid there his whole life. Somebody maybe down the street. I've been selling tomatoes at this, uh, this we're in, we're in South Jerusalem over here. I've been selling tomatoes at my little produce stand over here in South Jerusalem. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm, I've watched this man every day on my way to work lay there at the gate of the temple. I've watched him every day. You know what happened? I saw him walking down the street today. And you know what? Not too long ago, I, just, uh, I heard about Jesus returning from the grave. And I wonder if it wasn't him, because I'm going to tell you what, my, my parents and my grandparents and my great-grandparents, we've been Jews in this town for a long time. And there's something different that started taking place when I started hearing about Jesus. There's some different things that started going on that I never heard Grandma and Grandpa talk about. He walked down the street. And the only thing I can explain it with is that maybe this has got something to do with Jesus. I saw Peter walking with him. I saw John walking with him. They've been preaching about Jesus. Now that's just a figment of my imagination. That's not the Bible. But I do believe the holiness of God was on this man. And through him, somebody saw there's something different about that old boy. He, he, walk, hey, he doesn't send his grandma to buy tomatoes anymore. He walks over here preaching on tomatoes. Amen. Instant holiness. Instant holiness. One more story and I'll be done. Well, before we go there, back to verse 6. The whole thought of this message, sharing your wealth. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. We've got a great wealth in Christ. Like our old... Brother Moses, we was just re talking about earlier. I don't know if that's a true story. If it's true, I believe we'll see him in heaven one day. Amen? 
He's up there. If, he's a real, if he was a real fella, he's up there. And if he wasn't a real fella, he's somebody just like him that's up there. The richest man in the valley because he had Christ. Lord, I'm eating this cornbread. I heard that story. I thought, I love cornbread. You, that's, that's high cotton for me. But that old man laughing at him for eat, praying over his cornbread. I don't have much, Lord, but what I have in you. All the volumes and all the books that this world could ever write can't contain it. Sam, I gave you some books right there, didn't I? Out there in that, uh, out there in that, that office y'all blessed me with. There's a bunch of books in there, ain't there? There's a bunch, you know what? There's a whole lot more books in there about the Bible than, they, than Bibles out there. There's one Bible sits out there and probably a couple hundred books. We can write on all the parchment, on all the books, we can never tell the greatness of God. That's why there's one of these out there in that office and two or three hundred of all the others out there. Man can write down and explain how great God is and he will just continue and continue and continue and continue. It never ends. Never ends. What a great wealth we have. And I believe we should write how great he is. But man, in this life I'll never be able to pin down how great God truly is. In this life I'll never from my, my lips be able to tell you how wonderful he is. But I can tell you that there's a wealth out there through Christ that's greater than I could ever explain. As I said, all the books this world can write, they may be good books, some of them ain't worth reading, but they can pin down as much as they want. Cut down as many trees and bind as many books as you want, and we can never supersede the wealth of God given in this Bible. You know why? This Bible is inspired by God. Hey, I'm filled with the Spirit. This Word is inspired by God. This is a great wealth. It's a great treasure. It's the only book that sits on my shelf that I never leave. And when I do, I start hurting. I can leave anything else laying on the shelf. It doesn't bother me. Scotty, I leave this on the shelf. I'm hurting. This is a living word. It's the wealth of God. It's a treasury. Why would we not share it with others? My last story is, you can look this up. This is wild. John Currier was found guilty of murder in 1949 and sentenced to life in prison. Later, he was paroled on a farm near Nashville, Tennessee. In 1968, Courier's sentence was terminated. And a letter bearing the good news was sent to him. But John never saw the letter, nor was he told anything about it. We complain about technology. I'm thankful to the Lord for technology. Somebody is more likely to know now they're getting out of prison than back then, which they let anybody out of prison at any time now. But, but John never saw the letter, nor was he told anything about it. Ten years went by. Then a state parole officer learned about Courier's plight, found him, and told him that his sentence had been terminated. He was a free man. Could you imagine? Working 10 extra years in a prison farm. Back in that day, too. 10 extra years in a prison farm. Somebody could have walked up and told you you're free. I'd have probably committed another crime. I'm going to be honest with you. They wouldn't have been able to take the chains off me because I was going to get right back in there. But my goodness, is that not true of this world? Peter walking by the brother of the lame man, knowing he has the cure through Christ. 
for his inability. Yet maybe Peter would just walk on by. It's a shame when we don't share our wealth. There's people that they can be unchained from a number of things. And we walk on by, walk on by. My challenge to you tonight, 